How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Happy Thursday. <clears throat> Here to set you free. I'm Leslie Marshall. A little under the weather. The uh, throat is not uh, cooperating, but I'll be back uh, to 100% hopefully soon. Uh, taking all the meds, doing everything I can. But I uh, didn't want to uh, miss out today, especially with this guest joining us in this hour. Scott and Paul is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM. They're a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. And for the past years, Scott, Paul, and the AAM have worked hard to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters and our national leaders. And they've done this through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. And this, as you know, you're hearing in the debates and you're seeing in ballot initiatives in different states like where I am in California and definitely uh, regarding uh, Americans' concerns with the economy and jobs and jobs being shipped overseas and what's happening to manufacturing uh, in America and other trades that, you know, we used to be world leaders in. These are definitely important issues that people are thinking about when they go to vote on November 8th. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Scott Paul is with us, and he's going to talk about presidential politics. We are now 12 days from the election, and I know that I am one of many counting scott good afternoon and welcome scott is it me or does this seem like a longer presidential election than ever i had a fellow colleague who will remain nameless who emailed me and said wtf wtf i could say that on radio right? everybody knows what it means wtf you realize like the debate process and everything started like in august and it's you know and, and you know of last year it's like too long we need to do what some other countries done one and done um, i'm starting to agree because i'm like three debates oh lord i know it helps the uh, networks with ratings but wow this has been long has it been longer for you do you think scott that's right is it worth the hundred million dollars for cnn that they're getting for to, to put you know 200 and you know 300 million americans through this agony um i am looking forward to the other side of november 8th i will just say um and i'll i will also do my best to filibuster today to give your voice a break leslie um, I, I hope you feel better too i know that 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 can't be fun. It's weird. I felt I, I was really sick the day before yesterday. And um, yesterday I felt I turned a corner and then all of a sudden my body was like, nah, not so fast, you know. Uh, but let, let, let's let's talk about the presidential election. Um, a lot of people felt and, you know, actually the, the polls, I, I think, have, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, changed. Um but when you look at past presidential elections, especially when you have a Democrat and a Republican, there are certain areas of the country that say we are with that guy or girl. Usually it's been a guy. And normally in the Rust Belt, for example, it's been a Republican. Uh, Donald Trump is being confronted with poll numbers that show he's not getting the love from the Rust Belt. And in some areas specifically, and some even key battleground states, he's being rejected or states where he should have a double digit lead. He has a very small lead two, three, four percent within the margin of error. Um, so, you know, can Donald Trump in 12 days uh, turn the Rust Belt red? That's what the GOP was hoping for. The polls don't show that, correct? 
They don't. Um, And, you know, all but like, you know, a couple of the more biased outlier polls show that, you know, things are, I mean, Republicans, some Republicans are coming home, but that uh, Clinton in many of those states has a, what what looks like a a pretty, uh, pretty comfortable lead at this point. And I think it's important because the the Trump strategy and playing to this you know white working class voter idea was was to kind of flip the battleground and to compete in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan uh, and Wisconsin um, in addition to uh, you know to the rest of the the kind of the traditionally red states and it looks as of right now uh, and. Now, there's a lot of smart pollsters who look at this. That, that of those states that I just mentioned, you know, only Ohio uh, is in play, and that's oftentimes the the toughest state for um, uh, for, for Democrats, uh, other than my home state of Indiana, which is just another story altogether, Leslie. But, you know, no Republican has won it, um, uh, has won the presidency without winning Ohio uh, for a very long time. Um, uh, And uh, I I think it's predicted the outcome of the presidential contest nearly every time, if not every time, since uh, 1964. And so that's, you know, that's where Trump's putting a lot of his his efforts right now, and you know, Ohio's a manufacturing state, and it's a state that's lost a lot of manufacturing jobs, and so these issues are front and center. Um, the the outsourcing, the steel, uh, the the Trans-Pacific Partnership, um, and some of those issues that we've all heard about uh, over the last three debates, when there has been that brief conversation about issues. Uh, that's why uh, you know there's there is this conversation about manufacturing. It's because the candidates want it, uh, whether or not the economic reporters want to hear about it. When you look at uh, today's, and not that I put 100% stock in these guys because they've been wrong twice in the primary, but 538 has been close in some of the other um, uh, elections. And, um, and who will win Ohio? And as you know, they do in you know uh, 39 minutes ago. This is how quickly sometimes it's 10 minutes ago. Uh, Hillary Clinton has a 51.5% chance of winning Ohio. Donald Trump, 48.5%, according to 538, 39 minutes ago. And I must say, knowing we would talk about this, I checked this this morning. And when I checked it this morning, it was as of 10 minutes ago. And she's actually gone down a bit. I think it was around 2% or 1.5% higher. Um, and, uh, you know, some people say non-issues that are being dumped like WikiLeaks uh, you know, tend to help Donald Trump right now in the almost 11th hour, uh, such as premiums rising uh, with Obamacare. And and Scott, I want you to speak to this, not necessarily to the, the premiums rising with Obamacare, but to how some of these issues, you know, certainly health care, affordable health care is an issue, but the bigger issue is jobs. The bigger issue is manufacturing. The bigger issue is Except for Hillary mentioning it at one debate and hardly anyone asking, I don't think anybody of the moderators asked in any debate, Donald Trump, why did you choose to use steel from China? Why did you choose to have your Trump products made in Mexico, China, Bangladesh and elsewhere? You know, nobody's, you know, pressed him on those questions. And except for a debate, nobody gets the opportunity to point blank ask those questions, which matter so much to every American, but even more so in Rust Belt states like Ohio. 
It, right. It is uh, unchallenged by the moderators. I would, I would say to uh, Hillary Clinton's great credit, she has pushed back aggressively and, and has called him on uh, the, his use of Chinese steel in the last two debates, uh, his outsourcing. She's, uh, she and groups supporting Hillary Clinton have heavily advertised um, the fact that uh, Trump uh, outsources, uh, you know, virtually his entire line of products uh, and, you know, his building materials as well. Uh, And it deserves this kind of scrutiny because uh, it is towards the top of every public utterance that he makes, Leslie, right? I mean, you know, how he's going to change trade policy and go after China and, you know, the Clintons have been a disaster on this and he's all for bringing steel back. Uh, And so it does deserve uh, that kind of scrutiny, what what his record has been to this point, Um, since he doesn't have a public policy record. um, his, His business record, I think, is fair game. And I'm glad that uh, Hillary Clinton has pushed back on it and shown some of that hypocrisy. Uh, let's speak uh, about specifically uh, Hillary Clinton. You just mentioned Scott. Um, you know, you said, "Look, she's fighting back. She's pushing back." Uh, here's Hillary Clinton herself with an example of that pushback. There's only one of us on this stage who's actually shipped jobs to Mexico because that's Donald. He's shipped jobs to 12 countries, including Mexico. But he mentioned China. And, you know, one of the biggest problems we have with China is the illegal dumping of steel and aluminum into our markets. I have fought against that as a senator. I've stood up against it as Secretary of State. Donald has bought Chinese steel and aluminum. In fact, the Trump Hotel right here in Las Vegas was made with Chinese steel. So he goes around with crocodile tears about how terrible it is. But he has given That's jobs to Chinese steel workers, not American steel workers. That's the kind well, of approach well, just that is just, just not going to work. It We're just... going to pull the country together. We're going to have trade agreements that we enforce. That's why I'm going to have a trade prosecutor for the first time in history. And we're going to enforce those agreements. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Scott Paul, president of the AAM. Feel free to pick up the phone and join us. You have questions, you have comments. Pick up the phone, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Scott can be followed on Twitter, at Scott Paul AAM, the website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Back with him, back with you. We'll talk more about this and other issues for the upcoming presidential election right after this. We are back, so see Scott Paul, Scott N. Paul, President of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM. Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Before the break, you talked about Hillary Clinton's pushback with Donald Trump, referring uh, to him, his use of Chinese steel, and other nations, a dozen nations that he has shipped jobs uh, to. Um, in, in the polls, I was noticing in the Wall Street Journal NBC poll, although Hillary Clinton overall is 11 percentage points um, above uh, it, him, um, when it comes to America's interest on trade and dealing with the economy, those are the only two areas where he is up, only by 1% on the economy, but with trade, 3%. But that gap is closed, right? She has improved that um, negative image, in, in a sense, by the public with regard to trade, correct? Uh, 
Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And so, you know, 46-43, uh, Trump's advantage on the trade issue, again, not people who are voting for either candidate, but who, who view him as having, uh, be, being more effective or better on these issues. Um, uh, in, uh, in October, it was three, and uh, earlier in the year, in May, uh, it was 10 points uh, for, for Trump. And so he certainly closed that. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton has certainly closed that. And I think part of it has to be, I mean, there's probably a, a, a bigger dynamic here, but, but I think part of it has to be the effectiveness of both the advertising uh, that, that Clinton has undertaken on Trump's outsourcing, uh, getting her message out there. And I'm so glad you played that clip of her in the debate because she really took that question and, um, and, and ran with it and, and talked about not only what Trump was doing wrong, but also what she would do right on policy, which is also something that I think we need to hear. Another thing she did, which I do at Fox, is I finish my sentence, damn it. (laughs) People say, oh, you think you're going to win if you talk over people. I'm like, yeah, sometimes, actually. Uh, You know what I mean? She just, she kept going. She had a point she had to make, and uh, she's going to do that. Let's take some calls, and then we're going to speak more specifically about what went down at those debates and what the impact was. Uh, We go to Maureen in New Jersey, line two, listening on TuneIn. Maureen, good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest, Scott Paul? Hi, um, I did have a comment, I guess, for the most part. I was an indecisive voter up until last week when, I guess, just, just listening to both candidates back and forth and reading newspapers and online and um, TV and stuff, it's very confusing. And I have three daughters and a son, but the three daughters who just want to, and my son, make a good decision and give them reasons why. So... I had to kind of put aside my emotions of what candidate is a nice person and which one, you know, is more present or whatever, um, and look at the real the real things that were going to hit me home as far as my household goes and taking care of my kids and my house. And it really comes down to finances and the health care is a big issue. Um, we own a small business, and I actually put a phone call in to change the um, health insurance policy for our employees, which is not fun to do. Um, so we're going to be less of a program for them, although we still hope to offer health care for these employees. Um, but it comes also down to keeping our kids safe going into New York City or wherever they are. And... Um, and listening to different different TV stations as far as both sides of the story, Fox News end of it, and also CNN, and um, you know, just trying to get the, the truth out of everybody instead of just taking snippets here and snippets there and whoever's opinion is in the newspaper. You just throw so much stuff out and listening to the whole debate, and that's just part of it, and and trying to figure out if I can listen to what the candidates say themselves, that's really made my decision. And listening to Trump in Gettysburg, listening to all the things he had to offer, really, um, really just sealed the deal for me. And I just don't see that coming from Hillary. 
I just see him more solid of a candidate that will will help me bring more money home for the kids and our employees, and it will keep our jobs for the employees and also keep our kids safe wherever they travel. Can I ask you a question? <clears throat> because I'm a mother, I have two children also, and I care about my kids' future, and I, I feel completely uh, opposite your, your what you feel, uh, Maureen, not just from emotion. Um, I'm exposed to this perhaps more than you just because of what I do for a living. So I've heard them both as much as you would perhaps even more, seen them perhaps, you know, as much and more. Um, Mm -hmm. What specifically has Donald Trump proposed that ensures you that you will take home more money and that more jobs will be brought here when he himself has shipped more jobs overseas throughout his entire career? One thing that hit home was he's going to redo Obamacare. That is something that hits right to my desk. Do, do, but can, um, I ask you, can I ask you something? You understand uh-huh. that right now the Senate is probably going to become a Democrat majority. And right now there's a majority of Republicans in both the House and the Senate. They have voted over 50 times to repeal Obamacare, and they've never uh-huh. come up with anything to replace it neither is Donald Trump. Well, no, I believe Donald Trump has offered different things. He wants no, he to... has not. He has no plan uh, to replace Obamacare. He says he wants to, but he doesn't have a plan. And my question to you is, right now, who pays for your health insurance? Um, I do. I oh. pay for our employees and myself and my husband. Okay. And, and we have to take a break. I'm not hanging up on you, Maureen. Can you stay with us? When we come back, sure. if you don't mind sharing, I would love to know um, what you pay you know, for insurance and what you did before the Affordable Care Act because my husband and I pay our own insurance and we actually pay less because, you know, we just changed our plan and, you know, tweaked our deductibles, our co-pays. We'll be back with her, but I also want to talk more with our guest, Scott Paul, president of the AAM, right after this. We're back talking with Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Now, Scott and I were talking, and someone uh, named Maureen uh, called us. Maureen, thank you for holding in New Jersey. Maureen said she just made up her mind recently. It was undecided. She is casting her vote for Donald Trump largely because of health care. Maureen, um, I have producers who are able to find what exact plans an economist said. So let me just share with you not what I say, but what people who know a heck of a lot more about health care and money say. And what they say is the plan that Donald Trump had loosely uh, put forth, they did an analysis of that. And under that plan, 25 million people would lose their health insurance. Also, there is a nonpartisan agency that analyzed both the economic proposals. It's called Moody Analytics. It's a subsidiary of the Credit Rating Bureau and research agency called Moody's uh, Corporation. They found that Hillary Clinton's plans for the economy would create 10.4 million jobs during her presidency. That would be four years. It would be accelerated at the pace of uh, GDP growth to an annual average of 2.7%. That's up 4.4% from where we are forecasted now. But that same organization found electing Donald Trump would be terrible for the economy. The super rich would get richer and everyone else, I think that would be you and me, Maureen, um, would actually, um, the super rich, like I said, would get richer. We would be worse off. How bad? Well, under President Trump, it would be uh, a recession longer than the Great Recession. 3.5 Americans would lose million Americans 
Americans would lose their jobs. Unemployment would go back up to 7%. Home prices would fall, not as they've been rising, and the stock market would plummet. And Oxford Economics found that if fully implemented, Trump's economic tax and immigration policies would cost 4 million U.S. jobs, way down global growth and U.S. consumer spending. Um, so basically, it, they're saying it would cost the U.S. economy $1 trillion over the next five years, which doesn't mean a lot to you and me, but higher health care or losing health care or losing jobs or making less money means a lot to people like you and me who work hard and have a family. So I just wanted you to have you know, information that he's obviously not going to give it at Gettysburg. Right. I understand that. I agree more with his changing of, uh, I think if Hillary was in, it's more of Obama, honestly. And um, like Obama just came out and said that this is um, a starter home type of thing with the health care. I've been putting up with the rising costs for a couple of years with our health care plan. Can I ask you a question? Because I, I control, sure. my husband is a, a doctor, okay? And we own a 24 surgeon medical group practice. I really know healthcare plans. I know them from every angle. The patient, the doctor, the business, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a consumer, whether you're a business owner, a small business owner as we are, or uh, whether you um, are just uh, trying to have a private plan for your family. And I've done both. Um have have you just kept the same plan throughout, or have you sat down with your insurance company or a broker through insurance company, which is free, by the way, and said, what plan is best for me? And that's what I did, and, and honestly, we cut our cost by right. doing that. If I, um, I have gone over it, but our employees have been with us for 25 to 30 years, some right. of them, and the others are young. They've been there for a few years. Right. And I don't want to make the deductibles higher for the employees. I didn't want to make it less of a plan. I've literally kept the plan the same. Well, you can, but you, you, can't, you can keep the... What we found is we, we kept our plan the same. It was just a different name. And it was the same provider. For us, it was Blue Cross, Anthem Blue Cross. And right. in other words, I don't know, we have like, you know, PPO Silver, where we used to have PPO 40. But PPO 40 has really high deductibles. Um, and we just changed the name of our plan. I'm, I'm, and we did this for our employees, and our employees are very happy and kept the same plan and the same doctors. And, you know. So your business is larger than our business. We don't have, we only have around 12 employees. Okay. So we don't have as many as you. So a large business like yours, can make off better because to insurance companies, you have a larger call. Are you, paying, are you paying more out of your pocket for your employees' health care? Yeah, we pay it. Uh, Scott, yeah. you can speak to this yeah. because, Scott, you had uh, you know businesses and small businesses. I want you to jump in here because we may not change Maureen's mind, although I'd love to do that. Um, but, uh, Scott, uh, please weigh in. Yeah, you be, and I, I, I do this as more than a hobby as well since we provide health care coverage here, here at the <laughs> Alliance. But my experience after, uh, after the Affordable Care Act went is uh, the, the premiums that we were able to get um, immediately were about 20 to 25 percent lower. And, and that, was, that was coming after year-over-year increases of somewhere between 10 and 15 percent every year. Um, and I had the same experience. Range. I had the and, same. And so, so, but but I think one of the things that we need to think about is like you know all the benefits that that we have through the Affordable Care Act, including coverage for pre-existing conditions, uh, you know lifetime maximums on out-of-pocket expenses, 
parity for uh, mental health coverage as well as for physical services. Uh, you know, let's not throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. I think even Hillary Clinton has said, you know, yes, do we need to make enhancements to it? Absolutely. I mean, the law, when it passed, was a compromise. It didn't have a public option uh, in terms of getting getting a, a more diverse uh, set of, 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 of consumers into the marketplaces. I mean, I think that's one of the next big challenges, and, and that will certainly help to smooth out rates. But 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 peeling it back um, is is not going to help folks who depend on the coverage and who have pre-existing conditions, things ranging from you know cancer or chronic conditions that make it incredibly hard to find affordable coverage. Um, and I so I do think that there's a way to proceed. I'm very sensitive to the costs of, of, of all of this. And I also like to point out, at least for, for individuals who are in the marketplace, that the, the subsidies that they will receive will completely offset, in nearly every case, any of the additional costs. Uh, that's not to say there won't be burden burdens placed on, on other folks, but I, I, I think that we ought to work through it rather than toss it out. I agree. Without the subsidies, by the way, under Trump's plan, middle-income and lower-income folks cannot, will not be able to afford to buy the coverage, Maureen. One thing I can tell you is before the Affordable Care Act, as a business owner and as a, just having a family plan, um, our insurance company upped those rates every opportunity they could, and I don't know what provider you have, but one of the things putting it back into the hands of the big insurance companies does is it gives them carte blanche to raise the limits with no ceiling, you know, just raise the rates. And that's what they will do given the opportunity um, because there, you know, there's, there's nobody, there's nobody, there's nobody regulating them otherwise. I'm sorry. Would you say, 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 I'm sorry, Maureen, say that again. Our insurance premiums used to go up about $200 a year. And within the last two years, they've gone up twelve thousand dollars. Your, insur- your insurance premiums went up for yeah. Then you're in the you have the wrong plan then for your company, Maureen. It's Seriously, same, it's not. It's the same plan because um, you have because again, again, plan. again, again, you're not listening. I had no, a plan. I, I, I had a plan that. that went up a lot, like you said, and I sat down mm-hmm. with a, an insurance broker from Blue Cross who was free. And that broker showed me, and there were 169 plans just here in California under Blue Cross. Right. And he showed me, he said, what, what is important to you? And, and I said, well, these are the things I have in my plan that I want. I want the same kind of plan. And when he gave us the same kind of plan, uh, we are paying the same deductible. We are paying a lower premium. And I'm simply saying, I, I, regardless of who you vote for, for you, your comfort levels, certainly your finances, and, and your employees mm-hmm. and sleeping better at night, you need to do that. It doesn't change what your employees get. It changes maybe their ID number and the color of the card you get or the name of the plan changed, on top of the card. It would have changed their doctors, and they didn't want to change their doctors. It won't change the doctors if you get the right plan. The only way it changes the doctors is if you go from a Cadillac PPO to the lowest level HMO, and the Cadillac PPO doctor that only takes a PPO and doesn't take an HMO isn't on the HMO plan. And I mm-hmm. say this being married to a doctor who's on those plans, so I know what I'm talking about. Go check it out, okay? And let, and let us know how it works out. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with Scott Paul and more right after this. Mm-hmm. 
President of the Alliance for American Manufacturing is our guest. Hey, Scott, before we move on, I just wanted to say off the air, I just said to Marky Mark and Andrew, and they both said that they just learned something from you and I from our personal and business owner experience that other people benefited from. So we can thank Maureen for bringing that uh, up. But also, Scott, you know, as a business owner, somebody, you know, who is president of an organization, if your water bill went up $12,000, you don't stop using water. <laughs> you know, you say, okay, there must be a leak. Let's switch companies. Or if you rent went up $12,000, you don't shut your company down, you change buildings, or maybe you look into buying something. And I think that's the point both of us were trying to make to Maureen. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not, a, I would say, it's not an easy system to navigate, right? You have to know the right questions to ask. You have to find the right resources. I think that's all true. Uh, but, but once you do, yeah, there are more choices than people think, uh, there are, you know, there are trade-offs, there are options, but for, for, it, for nearly every case out there, uh, there is a solution. Um, and, and, and throwing all of that away would just be a terrible mistake, and as you pointed out, would place a huge burden on a lot of people who have gained coverage through this and make it extraordinarily difficult for everybody and our loved ones who have pre-existing conditions or, or chronic conditions. Right. Uh, to, to, to find affordable care. So it's, it's, it's a hugely important issue. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so are jobs and manufacturing jobs uh, in this country. And uh, one of the things that you guys put on your website, which was one of my favorite points of the final debate uh, in Vegas, and I was there for all the debates, uh, you know, doing uh, my analysis on Fox, um, in, uh, th- th- in this debate, Trump said, quote, I sat in my apartment today in a very beautiful hotel, and Clinton said, made with Chinese steel. But I'm bump um, it funny and real and a great jab. Um, let's talk about this. You know, we played the clip. You talked about this before Trump hit Hillary Clinton on TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And she pointed out his history of using Chinese made steel. Um, but, uh, you know, come on. I, I mean, when, when when you add it up with the steel and then add the bad hombres and nasty woman, you know, I think, you know, and you guys are a nonpartisan organization, but nonpartisan organizations across the board said that Hillary Clinton won uh, debates one, two and three. And w- what what I what I felt that she did and what you guys talk about at the Alliance for American Manufacturing uh, website is that this debate, the third debate actually focused more on policy than, you know, personal smearing, even though she got that little dig in. And um, Hillary really got to uh, spotlight and magnify the hypocrisy in between what Donald Trump says, because like you said, Scott, when he talks about the economy, he almost always says the first problem is the outsourcing of jobs. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. You are guilty, sir, of doing that yourself. Yes, he is. And, and, and it is, uh, you know, first of all, on policy, I think you will acknowledge you, it was a low bar to be the debate that was media spent policy because there was, uh, there was, there was a little of that in, in the three debates, but, but, but yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a, a nice chunk of it in the third debate. And uh, she, she, uh, Hillary Clinton did get to make those points. I will also say, for you know, for Trump supporters and for for folks who did not make up their mind, I mean, Trump's best moments in the in, in the entire you know three three series of ninety minute debates occurred at at the at the very top when he kind of outlined his concerns about the economy and the jobs going overseas. 
And, and then when he pushed back on Clinton on trade policy, and and this is something that the, you know that she's had to grapple with, which is both you know the the record of of the Bill Clinton administration on trade, which of course you know he's responsible for, not her. Uh, but also the fact that she's voted for some agreements against others. You know, when she was at the State Department, she was saying, you know, good things about the TPP, but once it was actually negotiated uh, and she could see what the details were and she was outside of government, said, this doesn't work for me. Um, and and he, he also raised those points. And I think that in, in, in all of those cases, and I saw Frank Luntz with his little, you know, his, his dial groups, you know, when, when Trump was talking about trade, people were actually kind of agreeing. But when he also, when, when, when uh, Hillary Clinton was calling him on his hypocrisy, same kind of effect. So this is clearly something that voters respond to, want to hear more about. Uh, let's take some calls. Mary in Arizona, Line 2, listening on KPHX. Uh, she's self-employed. Mary, you uh, had a question or comment uh, in the conversation. Good afternoon. Yeah, hi, Leslie. I was listening to um, that young lady who called in about her premiums being so high. I am self-employed, uh, 54 years old. I get my insurance on the exchange, and I think what the big difference is, it depends on if you have a good insurance agent, because I went through the federal marketplace. They were fantastic. I pay 214 a month um, for myself and uh, $800 annual deductible, which is super cheap. It's a PPO. Uh, I think the Silver 3000 um, PPO with uh, United Healthcare. That is really reasonable, but I hear other people saying they're paying five, $6,000 deductibles. I think they're talking to insurance agents who are private insurance agents who are steering them to these more expensive plans because they get paid more commission. You know, you make a very good point. I didn't go through the federal exchange, and honestly, except for the fact yours is United, uh, my plan similar to yours. Did you get to keep your doctor? That seems to be a big fear, and a fear of hers as an Absolutely. employer. You did? I did. Okay. And, and, by, and, and by the way, you can also call your doctors, um, which is what I did, and my doctors were, you know, my doctor pretty much... Most doctors take everything, except some doctors don't take Medi-Cal and some don't take certain HMOs um, or, or, or certain um, certain HMOs. doesn't mean they don't take HMOs. They're different kinds. They're sort of like Medi-Cal HMOs, if you will, within an HMO on insurance plans. And I, it's right. funny you, you say that, Scott. I was thinking of telling her that, you know, as a business owner, you technically could – have everybody have a personal plan through the federal exchanges. You don't. If you're a small business owner, you you don't you don't have to under 50 employees. You don't have to provide insurance. Um, the law is if you don't have more than 50, right? So or 50 or higher. Um, so if you don't have to provide insurance, then what I would say to her, Maureen, I hope you're still listening because I, I thought about this after she hung up because you're not breaking the law. If they had a if they had a plan like yours, hypothetically through United Healthcare, kept their you know doctors, she can pay for their plan, they just bring her the bill, or they pay the bill and she reimburses them, or, you know, she gives them a $200 a month or whatever bonus check to cover the cost of insurance. I mean, that is an option for a small business owner uh, to do. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Thank you. Uh, Scott, uh, anything you want to say on that? No, other than, the, I, I think that's right. The more information that you get about this, and, and, and away from the rhetoric, like if all you hear is repeal Obamacare and, and hear uh, what, what are made out to be horror stories, and, and, and look at the details and the choices. Uh, for nearly everybody, there there is a uh, th- there is a path forward. 
Um, and uh, d- does it does that mean that there can't be improvements made uh, in the plan, in the marketplace, in the features of it? You know, absolutely there can be, uh, and I hope there will be the opportunity to do that. But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a solid start. Um, to, to something that was long overdue uh, in, in this country, but unfortunately has been demagogued uh, uh, far too much. Yeah, and people don't understand. The re- reason for the health care reformation is because it was killing our economy. The number of people walking into emergency rooms, hospitals were closing, less doctors were going into um, you know, general practitioner and internal medicine fields. Let's go to Nick in California, line three, listening on KGOE. Very quickly, just a sentence or two, Nick. We are uh, close to out of time. Got it. Uh, there's a guy named Marco Rubio in the Senate that put a poison pill in, uh, in the 2015 omnibus spending bill that sabotaged the ACA because it stopped making the payments to the health insurance companies to insure the smaller, I mean, the, the very, very sick, okay? And so Marco Rubio is the reason we got double-digit uh, uh, cost increases this year. Okay, okay. Uh, I got uh, in the New okay. York Times. Thank you for pointing that out. Scott, did you want to weigh in on that? Uh, no, that, that, I didn't know that information. <coughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, either. Um, la- um, lastly, we have less than a minute left. What do you want people to come away with? Because you're going to be with us again next week. We talk about this and other issues but with regard to manufacturing. We're 12 days away. What do you want people to think about today uh, when they leave listening to us today, Scott? Yeah, I, I, I think there are a lot of important questions to be answered with this election, and certainly one is about, you know, how can we rebuild the middle class? Um, and I obviously believe that having a robust manufacturing sector is part of that. And not only who is the best equipped, but who has the best policy to do this? Who's going to uh, take the holistic view and do more than say, I'm just going to rip up trade agreements uh, or I'm going to do this and that, um, uh, but, but to, to, to have a smart approach to all of this. And there is a demand for it. And, and I will tell you, Leslie, in closing, that you know, voters want to hear this. And the ads that they get about this, they, they respond to those ads almost better than any other thing that's thrown in front of them. Uh, and so for, a, a, for every column I read from, a, from someone in the New York Times about, oh, they're talking about manufacturing too much, I say, you know what, let's talk about it even more. We have to Absolutely. have that conversation.